Friday, August 5th, early evening. Massimo hasn't called again. Officially, it's my turn to call him on the number he gave me. That is what I would do if he was a girl, which he clearly isn't, even if Dave says he is. Shut up about Dave. I feel a bit shy about calling Massimo. In one of my mum's mags, it said, be a teaser, not a pleaser. And it said you should never ring a boy. They should always ring you. So, essentially, I am once more thrashing about in the washing machine of love. Ooh, what shall I do? Maybe I should send him a postcard. Five minutes later. But if I go out and buy a postcard, he might ring while I'm out. I wonder if Mum has one lurking about in her drawers. Who are? In Mum's bedroom. Honestly, this house is like living in a tart's handbag. I found a card, but it is of a girl walking by with huge nungunungas and a bloke on a veg stand holding two melons in front of his chest. The caption is, Four, what a lovely pair of melons. What is the matter with my parents? Two minutes later. But even if I did manage to send a card, when would I say I was coming? I still haven't managed to steer the conversation around to Mutti and Fati giving me the spondulis for my trip. One minute later. However, I have more than romance on my mind. Massimo will have to understand that my career comes first sometimes. There is a rehearsal round at Rose's tonight for our planned Disco Inferno extravaganza, so I'd better get my dance tights out. Sunday, August the 7th. Waited for the postie at the gate yesterday, but he didn't have any letters for me. I asked him if he was hiding my mail, but he didn't even bother to reply. More damned rehearsals for Sven's DJing night today. I am so very, very tired. I am a slave to my art. 9.45pm. I am quite tuckered out with dancing. Even though it is still practically the afternoon, I may as well go to bed. In bed. Sven turned up at Rose's whilst we were there and snogged the pants off her. Ooh-er. We all felt like a basket of goosegogs. In fact, when we were walking home, Jazz said, I felt a bit jealous. I tutted, but actually, I felt a bit jealous as well. 9.50pm. The door slammed and I heard Farty come in, accompanied by Uncle Eddie, also known as the Baldy Ogram, since he took up taking his clothes off for women. They pay him to do it. That is the weird thing. Dad yelled, The Farty and the Baldy Ogram are home, sensation seekers. Ten minutes later. I can hear the sound of sizzling from the kitchen and the cats are going bananas. That will be the 25 sausages each that Dad and his not-very-slim bald mate will be having. Now I can hear the spluttering of cans of lager being opened. Neither of them will be able to get through the kitchen door at this rate. Five minutes later. They must have chucked a couple of sausages out into the garden for Angus and the Pussycat Gang because there is a lot of yowling and spitting going on. And barking. And yelling. Oh, here we go. Mr. Next Door is on the warpath. I looked carefully through my bedroom curtains as I didn't want the finger of shame pointing my way. Yes, there was Mr. Next Door in his combat gear, slippers and toweling robe, shouting, Clear off! He's a fool, really. Angus will think he wants to play the sausage game with the Pratt Poodles. One minute later. Ah, yes. Angus has bounded over the garden wall and he is having a sausage tug of war with Whitey. Mr. Nextdoor has gone for his broom. I'm not going to look anymore as I may accidentally glimpse Mr. Nextdoor's exposed bottom in the Ferrari. 10.15pm. Dad and the Baldiogram are arsing about, laughing and giggling like ninnies in the front room. Dad yelled upstairs, Georgia, my dove, your pater and his friend are engaged in a very serious business matter. Would you get another couple of cans from the wine cellar? 
You may know it as the fridge. Thank you so much. I just shouted down. Not in a million years, oh portly one. He shouted back. I'll give you a fiver. <laughs> as if bribery is going to make me a slavey girl. Two minutes later. When I went into the front room with the cans of lager, Dad was lying on the sofa like a great bearded whale. Uncle Eddie winked at me as I came in. Dad said, So, Eddie, what is your life like now that you are a sex symbol? Uncle Eddie belched, charming, and said, Well, Bob, Georgia, it has its ups and downs like most celebrity lives. For instance, last night I got mobbed by women in the chippy after the gig, which is nice, and I got free chips and a pickled egg. But on the other hand, when I got home, I found they'd bloody stolen another of my feather cod pieces, which I have to have handmade. Oh, how fervid, disgusting. Now I have been exposed to every sort of porn in this house. Mouldy porn, kitty porn, ear porn, and now baldy porn. Speaking of kitty porn, where are Angus and Naomi and cross-eyed Gordy? Back in my room, it's all gone suspiciously quiet. I looked out of the window over next door's garden. I can't see the pussycat gang, but I can see Gordy. Four minutes later. I'm concerned that Gordy is hanging around with the wrong crowd. He's actually playing with the Pratt poodles, and, I can hardly believe my eyes, he's chewing on their rubber bonio. It's not right. It's probably just an adolescent phase he's going through. 11.29pm. I went down to get a drink of water and a jammy dodger to ward off late-night starvation. Mum came in a bit red-faced from too much vino tinto, or just sheer embarrassment at being her. She went into the front room where Dad and Uncle Eddie were practising some sort of dance for Uncle Eddie's act. I couldn't bear to go in and have a look, but I will just say this. The music they were using was I'm Jake the Peg Diddle 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 Dum With My Extra Leg by Rolf Harris. Mum slammed off to bed without saying goodnight. Dad came out of the front room and said to me, Uh-oh, women's trouble. Midnight, I must get away from here. I must get to see the love God. Dad owes me a fiver for being his slavey girl, so that means I have only £495 to go. I wonder if he will believe me if I say he promised to give me £50 to get his lager. Monday, August the 8th, 8.30am. I'm still not used to having the bed to myself. I wouldn't say I am exactly missing Libby, but I feel a space in my bed where her freezing bottom used to be. Even Angus didn't come in last night. He's probably too bloated with sausage to haul himself up the stairs. In the kitchen. Oh, brilliant. Mutti and Fati are not speaking again. They are so childish. Dad yelled from the bedroom. Connie, have you seen my undercrackers? And Mum went on buttering her toast. There was a long silence and then Dad said, Uh, hello? Is there anybody there? I looked at Mum and she was chomping away on her toasty. I said, Mum, I would like to discuss dates with you about my Italian holiday. Do you remember that we agreed I would go next week? Well, do you think I should travel to Rome on the Friday or the Saturday? It would be better on the Saturday because then Farty could drive me to the airport. It would be best all round, don't you think, that he hired a proper car for safety and embarrassment reasons. Dad yelled again from the bedroom. Connie, stop playing the giddy go. I'm going to be late. I cannot find any of my undercrackers. Mum said to me, you don't need to worry about the lift and so on. I said, thanks, Mum. She said, you don't need to worry about a lift because you're not going anywhere. Then Dad came into the kitchen with a towel wrapped around what he laughingly refers to as his waist. He said to Mum, Where are all my undercrackers? Mum pointed to the kitchen bin. Dad went ballisticissimus and a half. It didn't really seem the right moment to ask him about a lift to the airport or the £500 I would need for proper spendies. 
so I skipped back up to the safety of my room. Fifteen minutes later, well, it's good that the whole street knows about my dad's undercrackers and my mum's insanity. It makes for a tighter community spirit. I do think that dad should learn that, as our revered headmistress Slim says, obscene language is the language of those of a limited imagination. Tuesday, August the 9th, 10pm. Jazz has driven me insane today with all her Tom talk. I think she's hoping he'll just forget about the going to different universities and having their own space, Fandango. Well, let sleeping dogs lie, is what I say. Although it's not what Gordy says. He is worrying me. I was calling him and tapping his food tin with a spoon earlier when Mr Next Door popped his head over the fence. He said that Gordon was sleeping in the Pratt Brothers' kennel. I said, yeah, you'll never get him out, I'm afraid. They'll have to sleep in the house. And Mr Next Door said the weirdest thing. Oh, they're in there with him. Blimey. Wednesday, August the 10th. OK, it's over a week now since I heard from Massimo, so I'm going to send a cool postcard. I've got one of a kitten covered in spaghetti, being fished out of a pan with a ladle, and you can't get much cooler than that, in my humble opinion. So here goes. Ciao, Massimo. It is me here. It was Ver, Fabi and Marvi to hear your voice. Hang on. He might not know what Ver means. Or Fabi. Or Marvi. Blimey, it's going to take me the rest of my life to write this postcard. I'll do it tomorrow. Thursday, August the 11th. I kept looking at the number I've got for Massimo. What would I say if I called him? And anyway, if he likes my eyes so much, why hasn't he got on the phone again? Lunchtime. Even though I'm plunged once more into the turbulent washing machine of love, I'm quite looking forward to going to Sven's DJing gig on Saturday. We are having final rehearsals round at Rose's for our backing dance routines. Honor and Sophie, the trainee Ace Gang members, are getting their big break because they're allowed to join in the rehearsal sessions. Although they won't be doing the real thing, as there is not enough room on the stage and not enough earmuffs to go around. But that is showbiz for you. We are going to do our world-renowned, well, lots of people have seen it at Stalag 14, Viking Bison Disco Inferno dance. Also, as a world premiere in honour of Sven's gig, we have come up with a dance called the Viking Disco Hornpipe. It is a new departure for us as it involves costume and props. Of course, we have used props before, the horns in the Viking and Bison extravaganza and also bubblegum up the nose for the snot dance. Incidentally, we have left out the snot dance from our programme for the night as Jules said she thought that prospective snoggies might find it a bit off-putting. So, as I say, we have used props before but we have never toyed with both costume and props. In the Viking disco hornpipe extravaganza, we will be wearing earmuffs and mittens for the ver ver chilly Viking winter nights. And we will also be using small paddles. At Rose's evening, Jazz is being annoyingly droopy. Especially as Rosie had traipsed all the way to the fairy dressing up shop for kiddies in town to get the muffs. And they had special tinsel and everything. Jazz wouldn't wear the earmuffs because she said it was silly. I said, Jazz, if we didn't do stuff just because it was silly, where would we be? She was still on her hufty stool and said, What are you talking about now? It is very tiring explaining things to the verdim, but it seems to be more or less my job in life. Jazz, do you think that German is a silly language? She started fiddling with her fringe. Incidentally, another example of silliness, but I didn't say. She was obviously thinking the German thing over. I said, quickly, quickly, Jazz. Well... It's a foreign language spoken by foreign people and that can't be silly. Jazz, they say Spangleferkel. The word for snogging in German-type language is Knutschen. Wake up, smell the coffee!
In the end, she got her muffs and mittens on. One hour later, the official Viking disco hornpipe dance is perfected. Just a note costume-wise, the earmuffs are worn over the bison horns. It is imperative that the horns are not removed, otherwise it makes a laughing stock of the whole thing. So, the music starts with a Viking salute. Both paddles are pointed at the horns. Then a cry of Thor and a jump turn to the right. Paddle, 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 paddle to the right. Paddle, 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 paddle to the left. Cry of Thor, jump, turn to the left. Paddle, 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 paddle to the left. Paddle, 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 paddle to the right. Jump to face the front, grim Viking expression. Quick paddle right, quick paddle left times four. Turn to partner, cross paddles with partner times two. Face front and high hornpipe skipping times eight. Gay Viking smiling. Then, and this is the complicated bit, interweaving paddling. Paddle in and out of each other, up and down the line. Meanwhile, gazing out to the left and to the right. Concerned expression, this is the looking for land bit. Paddle back to original position. On the spot paddling till all are in line and then close eyes for nighttime rowing effect. Right and left paddling times two and then open eyes wide, shout, land ahoy! Fall to knees and throw paddles in the air behind, not in front, in case of crowd injury. Friday, August the 12th, in my bedroom. Dear Massimo, ciao. Last night we were practising our new Viking hornpipe dance. At first we had trouble with our paddles and Rosie nearly lost an eye. But by the high hornpipe skipping we had... Hang on a minute. Maybe he doesn't know what a Viking hornpipe is. Or paddles. Or skipping. Good grief, international romance is very tiring. Saturday, August the 13th. OK, if I haven't heard from the love god by the 15th, I will take it as a sign from baby Jesus that I should get on the blower. Mind you, I don't know what I would say about when I'm coming over. I found £1.50 down the back of the sofa, and that would make £6.50 towards my fare, except that I accidentally bought some new lip gloss, raspberry and vanilla flavour at Boots. Monday, August 15th, 10.30am. Another postcard from the love god! Yes, yes, and three times yes! Yesity, yes, yes! Oh, I'm so happy. He posted it ages ago, so the post in Pizza Gogo Land must be as bad as it is here. Two minutes later. I bet our postie is taking posted revenge for having to lug huge sacks of letters around. I bet that is what he does. I bet he doesn't deliver people's mail. He just pretends to. And he has a hut in his back garden bursting with letters and postcards. Anyway, the postcard has a picture of a bowl of pasta on the front and it says, Ciao, cara Georgia. Please come for to see me. I'm having the hunger for you. Massimo. Wow, wowsy, wow. That is it. As soon as I can persuade mum and dad to give me spondies, I'm off to see my Italian boyfriend. Hmm, it sounds quite groovy to say that. Not my boyfriend that goes to Foxwood School and will probably work in a bank, but my Italian boyfriend who will be a world-famous pop star. Yes! Tuesday, August the 16th. I tried special pleading with mum today vis-à-vis money. She said, don't be stupid, I haven't got £500, and even if I did have, you would not be getting it to go and see some Italian bloke in Rome, gorgy or not. You can have a tenner, make it last. I hate her. Wednesday, August 17th. I have gone through nearly the whole having the hump scale. From number one, ignore voozing, to number six, pretendy deafnosity, and mum hasn't even noticed. Thursday, August 18th, 2.30pm. Blimey, life is quite literally a boy-free zone. No sign of Dave the Laugh, no sign of Robbie. 
I haven't even seen the blunder boys around, which is good, but weird. Even Tom has gone off to stay with some mates at uni for a few days. So boring and hot. I would do light tanning in the garden, but every time I get comfy, Angus comes and starts digging near me. Not with a spade, with his paws. If he did have a spade, it wouldn't be quite so boring and annoying. Viking Hornpipes at Gogo. Saturday, August the 20th. Sven's Viking Extravaganza Gig Night. 6.30pm. In my bedroom. I'm meeting the rest of the gang at the clock tower. Jazz is coming round here and we're walking up together so that she doesn't miss Hunky. Good Lord. We've got our earmuffs and mittens and horns in little matching vanity cases that Rosie also got from the fairy shop. She says that Sven gets lots of his stuff from there. Blimey. 6.45pm. the back of my mind, I'm a bit worried that Robbie might turn up tonight. I know he hasn't gone off to Kiwi or Gogo because I feel sure I would have heard it on the Radio Jazz News Roundup, even if I didn't ask. 6.50pm. Jazz turned up at mine with her vanity case. The vanity cases are, it has to be said, a bit on the naff side. Very pink and glittery. Jazz said, they look just like the ones that fairies would use. I gave her my, are you mad, look, but she didn't notice. She's too busy being a piggy bank hogger. However, I feel free to carry silly fairy vanity cases and to wear my horns ad hoc and willy-nilly because there is not going to be anyone at the gig I need to impress now that Massimo is my one and only one. 7pm. Yippee and thrice times yippee! I'm allowed to stay at Jazz's. And I don't mean my parents have allowed me to stay. Lately, they don't even notice if I'm in or out. They are so busy with their own lives. I just said... I am staying at Jazz's tonight, and they went, OK. It was Jazz I had to persuade to let me stay. She has been in and out of her Huffmobile for the last week, but I have promised not to mess about with her owls or steal her piggy bank, so she says I can stay. Anyway, there's no point in going home. Dad is out all the time with Uncle Eddie and his other sad portly mates going to gigs or pratting around with their loonmobiles. Mum is out all the time as well because Libby is still round at Grandfarty's. So apart from the kitty cats who are also out all the time, and practically an orphan anyway. Buddha Lounge, 8pm. Quite cool vibe in the Buddha Lounge and rammed already. A few people I know and loads of peeps from Notre Dame School. Jazz is busy pretending that she doesn't care whether Hunky turns up or not. She thinks he might be back from his mates tonight, but she says she has too much pride-nosity to try and find out. I'm not going to mention his name either, or ask about Robbie because it will just be an excuse for her to drone on and on about the vole years and what larks she and Tom had by the riverside shrimping and so on, or whatever they do. Hand snog, probably. I won't think about that now. In the tarts wardrobe, Ellen was in a complete ditherama and tiz, wondering whether Declan would turn up. She was shaking and dithering so much that she accidentally got lipstick in her eye. That is how much she was dithering. Mabs was almost as bad about Edward. I was tarting myself up in the mirror and said, Oh, I'm so very, very glad that I'm free to enjoy myself, unlike you lot. I shall dance, I shall let my nungas run free and wild, my nostrils can flare and obliterate my face to their heart's content, because there is no one here tonight that I am bothered by. I am simply the girlfriend of a love god. Mab said, Has he phoned since he last phoned? I said, In the language of love, that would be called over-egging the pudding. She said, He hasn't phoned then. I smoothed down my internal feathers because she was slightly annoying me. Calm, calm, think love, think warm Italian nights and soft lips meeting in the shadow of the leaning tower of Pisa, or whatever it is they have in Rome. I said, 
actually, I'm going to take the pastor by the horns and I'm going to phone him and tell him that I'm coming over.